Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. Good morning. How are you on this lovely day? I am wonderful. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. I'm um, looking forward to getting through these this patch of rainy days and getting to some nice May weather. Yes. Because well, it's rain and you And I don't like the rain, but I have to say, I don't. And it just started raining as I was coming in. As you can see, Did look, it? you could see, the, see it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Wow, that was yeah, fast, incredible time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and but I don't mind the coolness. I just as long as the sun is out. Yeah. I, and and like it was ten when I was like looking outside last night. It was ten after eight, and I'm like, oh yes, it's still light out. Like mm-hmm. I love it. I See, too. the thing is, after you get to like June twenty first or whatever, then you start losing a day. So That's I right. always love to like. A I don't minute. care every minute that you get to light out. <clears throat> it's so nice. Mm-hmm. That's good. So, anyway. Yeah. What else? Oh, um, do we have any shout-outs today? Well, it's funny. I don't know this gentleman's name, and maybe I should, but (laughs) I was in Mass at the cathedral, which I belong to, St. Peter's in downtown Scranton, Mm -hmm. and I was there on last Saturday on um, Saturday night at 4 o'clock mass, and a gentleman was in front of me, and when he was leaving, he said, I listened to your show this morning. I said, you did? He goes, I listened to you all the time. I said, oh, was it it good? He said, yes, it was. I said, okay, thanks, and I should have said, because he looks familiar, I think I should know what his name is, so please forgive me if you're listening, but just know (laughs) that it means the world to us that you listen and of course it was a gentleman Uh as we say all the time right yep guys listen yeah so but somebody else did tell me i'll have to think of it as we go but um it is um interesting when people tell you that it is didn't someone tell us when we were together when were we like and that. you said, I said, this is Lynn. We, oh, were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, was, were we at Alfredo's with uh, Kathy the other night? Yes. it Was it was, was it the, Brian Williams? Brian Williams. Okay, yeah. That's, and he's, that's yes. right. So we have to give a shout mm-hmm. out to him. Yep. And um, anyway. Well, so, I want you to know that I was, um, our, our fame apparently reaches down into Luzerne County. Our fame? Our fame. <laughs> Are you sure it's not? Infamy. Well, that too. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I was at an event um, at the. Uh, why well, I never remember the name of this place. The, the Montage Country Club. What's it called? Glenmara. Glenmara. I want to say Glen Oak all the time. I know that's wrong. There's another one yes. called Glenmara. Glenmara um, on. I think it was Tuesday night. I forget which night. They're all blurred together. Uh, with Circle Two Hundred Group and uh, Wait, there was. Lynn. 
There was a woman there who um, was a new member, and uh, we were standing at some of the, I forget what they call those kind of tables, where you have cocktails, you know. Cocktail tables. Yeah, but the high ones. Cocktail tables. Okay, and that's, I didn't know they were called that. Mm So we had cocktail tables, and there were five or six women standing around, and a few I didn't know. So I introduced myself, and I said, hi, you know, I'm Lynn Evans, and blah, blah, blah. And this woman said, oh, I hear you on the radio. I said, you do? Yeah. Now, there were five other women standing there, all of whom I knew. So they knew what this woman was talking about. And I said, I can't believe it. You actually, that's how you know me? She said, yeah, I know you because you're part of the Laurie and Lynch show. Uh There you go. So she was a guy singer person. And I want to say her last name was Jones. And so if she's listening, I I would want to say thank you for listening. It's amazing. I just, I just don't even realize that people do remember the names. But what is funny, like you said, is they remember our voices. The voice, yeah. I told you that lady at the yes. um, farmer's market. Yep. She said, oh, I thought that voice was so familiar. <laughs> I said, oh, baby. Our voice yeah. precedes us, Lynn. So um, I saw a bunch of our WILK peeps yeah. um, the other day. Um, at um, Evening of Fine Food and Wine at the Cultural Center because um, Entercom is one of the media partners. So we had Nancy Kamen and Fast Freddy and um, Carol uh, Zubris were all helped out. So that was nice to see them all in full That's force. Good. Yes, we had fun. It was a great event. Mm-hmm. Great event. And it was honorary chaired by um, honorarily chair. How do you how would you say that? Honorary. Say- Honorarily chaired by Judy and I don't, I don't know if that's know. true. Judy and um, Joe, Joe Price, mm-hmm. and they did a wonderful job. So we were happy with that, and so it was a nice turnout and a nice night. Very nice. They're two of my favorite people. Oh my, I, I love, love them. them. They I are. Really They're do. the best. They are. Mm-hmm. And um, the Thursday, last Thursday night, we had a. Um, little program at the Historical Society to Society at the Catlin House to honor Judge Michael Egan, which we talked about, and that was beautifully done. We had um, Justice Supreme Court, Pennsylvania Supreme Court Justice um, Kevin Doherty, mm-hmm. and um, Mike Beret spoke, and Margie Bisignani Moyle, and Jeremiah Egan, and Todd Egan, and um, three of his law clerks were there, Judge Munley, uh, mm-hmm. Federal Judge Jim, um, John Michelli, and John McLean. And it was so nice because they all got up to the podium and spoke so highly of him and what it was like to clerk for him. And they all had sort of different stories. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of nice. It, and then we had proclamations from um, Senator Casey and Matt Cart, Congressman Cartwright and the and Mayor Cartwright, get Cartwright and Cartwright, and um, from... Um, the commissioners. Laureen Cummings was there and it was wonderful. We had a, a really nice nice tribute to a fine guy. So that, that you know, you always cross your fingers on all these things. And I was like, Yes, yeah, so so good. So we had we had a good time. Good. And do you wanna Acknowledge the relationship between. Oh uh, well, I, as I said that, I, it, I'm very yeah. proud that I am the mother of two fine young men who are the great grandchildren of Chief Justice Mike Egan, and it's yeah. a, it's a privilege because he was a wonderful guy, and I loved him. And my kids, um, who never got to meet him, I you know, uh, it's just always good to remind them of people before you and keep mm-hmm. that memory going, whether you met them or not. So important. Yeah, and. Um, 
Friday night, Lynn. Yes. We had a little show performance, didn't we, at Russell's? We did. <laughs> Yikes. Didn't we ever. <laughs> so it was Brenda Bistoki and Evie Rafalco McNulty <laughs> and yours truly and Lynn Evans and Patrick A. DiNapoli and Meyer Moskovitz in the in little in the little nook off the bar at Russell's Friday night and it was a performance, was it or not? It was a form a performance <laughs> that will never be repeated because <laughs> it was, so it was completely unscripted, fun. but it, um, there was no lack of any kind of repartee that went oh. on there that night. It was in, it just insane. I mean, the the muscles on your face from laughing hurt, hurt. hurt when yeah. you left. Yes. Yeah, we had so, so much fun. It was oh. crazy. Oh, and the food, God. by the way, was excellent. Yeah, everything I, was... Wow. It really... It, it's always so it. nice. You had... You had a, I had the halibut. Just for the halibut? Yes. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Uh -huh. Thank you, Patrick. Uh -huh. He has to say that anyway. All right, so yeah, I had the halibut, and we had red beets, and um, and a, and that salad that they put together with baby arugula, mm -hmm. and some other stuff that was just delightful. I mean, every aspect of it was good. And then, of course, our Russell came out to see us, as he yes, always he does, did. just like his father with that. It was yeah. Um, it was nice. Yeah, we had a good time. Good time. And we have to give shout out to, speaking of Prinos, yes. to Miss um, Mary Jo Prino, because the uh, last week, Mary Jo, she won't care, turns the big 6 0. She looks like a baby, so who cares? Right. So happy, happy, happy birthday, birthday, Mary Jo Prino. If you see her, give her a big smooch. She's so cute and she's yeah. so, oh, I love her. Love her. Yeah, that's great. Mm hmm. You know, Lynn, um, she was, Mary Jo was smart in her life. You know, she married a Westsider. Did you know that? Ah, uh, yes, I her, did. Her husband, her, God, he was the greatest. Joe Yanishowskis, what a love of loves. And, of course, he's no longer with us, but um, they were so in love. And he was so, such a wonderful man. And I always say to her, Mary, you were, when you picked him, you picked the right one, you got a Westsider. That's right. So she always says that. I'm not a Westsider, but I married one. Okay, then you're in. <laughs> You're in then. Well, uh, I, I understand that um, she's also a graduate of Cedar Crest College. Oh, is she? That I don't yes. know. I didn't know that until I saw something about it, and I said, wow, that's another alum I didn't mm -hmm. know existed over here. Yeah, no, I don't know that. And um, another woman who's right around the corner from her, um, I can't remember what her full name is now because she's married, but her maiden name is Luciani. Uh, her father was... Um, the guy who did the concrete steps and all that. He was involved with the Chamber Nancy? of Nancy? Yeah, probably Nancy. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay? Yeah. And she also is a Cedar Crest College graduate. Okay. And they're both on the board of Johnson College, College mm -hmm. now. And so I saw Ann Papinski. Who's retiring Dr. Ann Papinski. Yes. Another and, West Sider. Yes. And she, um, uh, I said to her, so Ann, before you leave... You promised me that you would get us all together with your two board members and me at the college. She said, I know, I know, I know. I said, <laughs> she okay, She only has fine. another year to do it. You better get cracking. That's what I said. You better get going, girl. Uh -huh. So I also have a few shout-outs here I want to make sure I get in. Um, I was at Cooper's on uh, Thursday. No, Wednesday. Today's Thursday. Wednesday for lunch. And um, I had lunch with Marty Wolf. A, a wonderful guy, a friend uh -huh. of mine, who's with uh, Marty Wolf Business Solutions. 
he and I both have podcasts, and we always, uh, every once in a while, we get together and trade notes on, on what we find is working and, and actually refer guests to each other. So we had a wonderful lunch, and as we were leaving, went out into the parking lot, and I saw three guys standing there, and I thought, I, they're too far away from me. I can't see who they are. As I got closer, I realized they probably had just had one of their um, rotary or Kiwanis meetings. I forget which one. Oh, Kiwanis is there. Kiwanis. Yeah, all right, yeah. Kiwanis. Mm-hmm. And it was Mark Lynn. Yep. It was Sid Prejean. Yep. And it was Ray Ferrario. Oh, God. So there they trio. were. There they were. <laughs> so I, I had to bust them all and carry on. And, and it was funny. And I told Mark that I was going to make sure that I did a shout out. And he said, okay. Yeah, because he can no longer call in like That's he used right. to do all the time. <laughs> I know. Yes. So there we are. But anyway, I, I, I did that. Okay. So we had the shout out thing. You know what we should shout out to, just because oh. we never did, those young girls in eighth grade from West Granton Middle School who won that C-SPAN, um, I think it was C-SPAN, that science award out of the whole country. They came in first oh, place. Yeah. yeah. I want to go interview them for my TV show, so yeah. I'm going to be doing that soon before they leave, but um, that is just amazing. It is. And they're West Granton, and I, of course, you know my claim to fame. Oh, first, no, 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 no. What? First graduating class from the brand new, at that time, West Granton Intermediate School. We graduated oh. first. We had a crazy year, our class, and then we, we were the first to, to finish. So I love that school. Always did. It's kind of neat. It was a new concept with all mm-hmm. the different houses and the planetarium. And um, it was just really a really cool place when you were a young kid and you the school was brand new and all the bells and whistles. It was really neat, mm-hmm. really neat. But congratulations. And they're all girls. And congratulations to them. Yay. A little bit late, but never hurts. That's all right. So what else do you have? Um, nothing. I, I just... That's all I had today. I have I have some other stories, not stories, Which, but articles we'll get into the next 15, uh, section. Tw- 15, 20, 25. Okay. All right. So we are going to take a quick break and we'll, we'll be right back. You're listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show. It's Saturday morning with Laurie and Lynn. Now back to Laurie and Lynn. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Ducky. Oh, you stole my line. I know, but it's okay. raining, so. Yeah, I know. My name is Lynn Evans. I'm the president and CEO of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm in Clark Summit. I'm also the author of a book called Power of the Purse, Fear-Free Finances for Baby Boomer Women. Available on Amazon.com. Okay, there you go. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising, PR, and special event business. So I have some articles here about baby boomer women. Yeah. It's not available on Amazon.com. (laughs) Talk about being programmed. Baby boomer women. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So one of these, I, I... I looked at this and I just said, this is very sad. Oh, no. Yeah, it's sad. And and I think, frankly, it's wrong. Uh It's wrong. Because you know how you can take results from a survey and spin them any way you want to spin them? Yeah. Well, this one, I just think, is a very sad response to things that are just, it's skewed. It's not even correct. But 
you can make up your own mind anyway. I say okay. this. All right. So this woman, Olivia Mitchell, who is, um, I have to discount this, professor of insurance and risk management, as well as business, economics, and public policy. That's a lot. And director of the Pension Research Council, all at the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. So I knew that you were going to say that. She, she wrote this article, and then it was published in Wall Street Journal. So anyhow, Tell me her name again. Her name is Olivia Mitchell. Okay. Baby boomer women now in their 50s and 60s are doing worse financially than older women in the 1990s. My new research with Professor Lusardi explains why, using national representative survey data from the Health and Retirement Study and the National Financial Capability Study. Now remember, these are academics who like to play in this nonsense. All right, so they just do studies. We track changes in older women's work plans and debt burdens along with links to financial literacy and debt stressors. The reason they're in worse shape is that older women today hold more debt than their peers did in the past. That's a pretty... And why is that? Well, is that true even? I don't... Apparently it is. But uh, I mean, do you think that's research, because credit is more available to well, women well, years they, ago? They now espouse on the reasons why. And okay, she said boomers bought more expensive houses during the real estate run-up and at the same time took on larger mortgages with smaller down payments. The result has been that more women are reaching their 60s in debt and the amount of their debt has also soared. It is worrisome that this will make them particularly susceptible to rising interests on adjustable rate mortgages when the Fed decides to boost rates. Now let's just stop right there. Let's look at that. First of all, we bought a lot of expensive houses because we could. All right? You can't just buy the houses because you can't qualify for the house, for the mortgages. If you couldn't afford it. Right. So I don't understand this. And and first of all, how we've been riding on these adjustable rate mortgages for now, what is it, 10 years? I mean, we we bought a house at the lake and did it an adjustable rate mortgage mm-hmm. and it's been low and forever. it's been ridiculously yes. low this is the first time the, yes, this year since we've up. had it that went up exactly all right so but you know this three months in advance of the of the increase that's what you're they have to do that all right so now if i'm financially literate which i would hope to god you would say <laughs> i am then I will now go shopping and go look for either refinancing a or a fixed rate. Right. Okay. Why is this such a big issue? I knew this when I was as old as I was at the time that I bought this house that I took out a 30-year mortgage. I knew that because that was the way I could get into the house. Yes. And I didn't really believe that my income would be cut off at 65 like most people think so when she's looking at this and saying they have so much debt yes they do have debt but it's intentional it's not just because you can't afford it it's intentional i am not going to take the money that i would normally have paid out to buy the house in cash out of what i would consider to be my retirement funds and then have no write-off ability either stupid it's It's just good debt 
But they don't make the distinction. Between good and bad debt. Right. They, they just, just call lump it, it all debt, together. And they think it's bad news. Okay. All right. The the study also shows that less financially financially literate women are unlikely to plan for retirement, rendering them financially fragile. This is an important result, and it adds to the growing body of research showing that the financially illiterate do less well in managing their credit cards, pay more in financial service fees, and spend more on interest and late fees. I don't think that's a link. I'm sorry, but I don't buy that. Indeed, financial literacy is key to enhancing women's well-being in their later years. Well, it is, but it doesn't mean that because you have debt, you're illiterate. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense. So, indeed, higher fractions of older women today are in financially fragile circumstances compared to two decades ago. We define as fragile having less than 25000 in savings and a full third of the boomers we surveyed reported having this, this little versus one-fifth of the women in prior decades. A large number of boomers reported they did not regularly pay their credit card balances in full and many paid only the minimum due, used their cards for cash advances, were charged fees for late payment, or exceeded their credit limits. I don't know. Uh, that's not my experience baby boomer women i just don't understand where this is all coming from but i just think they're way off base here and and i think this is a very depressing thing to read and i think that a lot of women looking at retirement with debt are going to say oh now i got a new title i'm considered to be financially fragile and i have to do something about this uh-huh. no because what it does not take into account is the fact that women in retirement are still working. Right. That's a big issue here. Right. That's not even, but that's what I'm saying. You can, you can make numbers, you can spin those things and make them sound any way you want to make them sound. But when you look at the other pieces of this reality, it, it's not an issue. And yes, there are people out there who have these problems, but I do not think that having debt going into retirement is a bad thing. Lynn, how much can you make after a certain age while you're collecting Social Security? Between 62 and 65, not 66 or 67, which is your normal retirement date, but 62 to 65. If you take Social Security, you can't earn more than about 16000 a year. Or they start taking, reducing Back. your benefit. Right, right. But once you hit 65, it makes no difference when you take your benefit. When you are fully um, insured is the term they use. Okay. You can make any amount of money you want. After you're 65. After you're 65. So you can take your money. So the day of your make- 56, 65th birthday or 66th mm-hmm. birthday? It says to 65, so okay. that means that the day after your 65th birthday... Yeah, you can make you can whatever money But I want. think it might also be in that tax year. Oh, all right. Because okay. that's usually when they look at it. Okay. So it might be, you know, if you're born on January 1st, yeah, good for you. Yeah, you have to you. wait till April 15th, 16th or something. Right, yeah. whatever it is. So, I mean, the thing is, Social Security can act as a piece of retirement... But that was an incentive to try to make people not take the money at 62, that business of taking the money back. Mm-hmm. Um, but people are still taking it at 62. Do you still believe you should take it at 62? I think it depends on the circumstances. Now, in my case, I, I am 65. I have not taken Social Security. Mm-hmm. I don't have any reason to. Right. So I can leave it there because every year you leave it there before you, you take it, it gains 8%. Right. So... 
why not? I don't need it right now. Mm-hmm. So let's. Uh, I'll just let that ride and say fine. Now Patrick, on the other hand, I wanted him to take it at 62 because he was not able to get a, a job. So he was not going to be able to postpone it for any purpose. He needed the money at that time. Mm-hmm. So he started taking his Social Security at 62. Okay. That was that one. So um, the other one is a little bit more positive. This is called single female baby boomers not interested in retirement. I think these people single as in never wait single as in never been married or single single divorced whatever just not married exactly exactly not currently married okay yes and this is an interview by I don't know if Casey Dowd is a woman or a man it's just Casey K A S C Y maybe she's related to Maureen it could be. Um, But according to this survey that she found, 50% of single female boomers today are still working. And for many, it's simply because they enjoy it. In fact, nearly 80% of these working women are satisfied with their current job position. Unlike the generation before us, these empowered women will be a force to be reckoned with. According to a 2015 Dell Webb Baby Boomer survey among single female boomers working full time, 20% plan to use their retirement years to begin an encore career, which Mm -hmm. I love to hear that. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's close the book on that one and start a brand new one. So this woman, Casey Dowd, I think it's a woman, uh, spoke with estate planning attorney Ann-Margaret Carrazza about the impact these female boomers may have on the workforce and retirement. And here's what she had to say. And the the, uh, interviewer, who she calls herself Boomer, uh, what advantages do single female baby boomers have remaining in the workforce into retirement? And the attorney said there are clear financial advantages to postponing retirement. A delay of even two to three years will give one's investments more time to compound, while at the same time reducing the number of retirement years to fund. Newly single women may also wish to remain in the workforce in order to meet new people and strengthen social networks. What advice would you give female boomers embarking on a new career? Baby boomers embarking on a new career should rely heavily on their extensive networks of contacts, which is your strength, Uh built over the decades. This is an invaluable resource that a 20-something can only hope of having. It's probable that many of these relationships have languished to some degree while a marriage and or kids took center stage. That's okay. Don't write anyone off as you seek to reemerge in a new life chapter and career. Consider throwing a networking-type cocktail party. Dust off your high school yearbooks. You may be surprised who shows up. Then commit to maintaining and building upon these connections through social media. And then she asked the question for the newly single female boomers that find themselves having to get back in the workforce. How can they fast forward their retirement savings? She said the best way to jumpstart retirement savings is to reduce expenditures. If you live in a city, seriously consider ditching the car. Take a moment to add up repair costs, gas, insurance, registration, and inspections. Compare this with the cost of public transportation supplemented by the occasional taxi. I think we might add an Uber. If you can sell your car, this should make a nice addition to your retirement savings. And then she also asked how women, uh, sometimes women are four times as likely to outlive their husbands. And this is the key point to all of this as far as I'm concerned. Whether we are single by choice, 
divorce, or widowhood, the vast majority of women will, at some point in their adult lives, be single. This requires us to focus on payment sources for future, future possible long-term care needs. Investigating long-term care insurance options is a must. Next is the selection of people who will make medical and financial decisions in the event one loses mental capacity. If there are no ideal power of attorney candidates that spring to mind, then I encourage women to start recruiting a, a care planning team. This process can take several years and should always be viewed as a work in progress. I just think that's that's very valuable for people. And you know I've said many times, you've heard me speak, that the majority of women who are um, widowed and over the age of 65 live in poverty. And that's unbelievable. It is. It's shocking because Jeez. they have no idea of any no. of this. So Jeez. let's wise up, women. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with the lovely Nisha Aurora. You're listening to Lori and Lynn Show. It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And I'm Lynn Evans. I'm the president and CEO of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm in Clark Summit. I'm also the author of a book called Power of the Purse, Fear-Free Finances for Baby Boomer Women. Available on Amazon.com. <laughs> and we are here today with the lovely, as I said before, Lee, Nisha Aurora, who was general counsel for the uh, ERA One Source Realty. Nisha uh, uh, is has a lot on her plate because there happens to be about 100 um, real estate agents in the ERA franchise. There are seven offices in 10 counties and lots goes on, Nita, Nisha. Yeah. So, Nita, Nisha, however your name in the book I'm <laughs> saying today. Nisha, so... Um, keeping it all straight, everything happening. It's springtime and real estate is what? It's hot. Busy. (laughs) Getting busy, which is good. We like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, I know I say this every month that I'm on the show, but it actually, if you are thinking about selling your house, really give us a call because listing inventory is at an historic low Wow! and buyers are probably at the highest level they've been in the past two years. Wow. And this is buying season. Um, this is, well, selling season, I guess is what the realtors call it. Um, but every agent who's you know a full-time regular busy agent is saying they have too many buyers and not enough listings to sell them Ooh. so if you're thinking scranton is selling if you have properties really? in scranton you want to get rid of All yeah right. just did a closing yesterday for someone buying a, a nice little um multi-unit in scranton they're they're really the reasonably priced ones are going i'm not going to say if you're ready to sell you're going to make a million dollar profit off your property but things that are priced within market um, parameters are flying. Like we're talking like houses are on the market for two days, one day, five days, and they're selling. So it's like back to the, well, not exactly the glory days of bidding wars, but (laughs) at least things are moving. And you see a lot of people actually moving into our area, which is 
um, something new from last mm-hmm. summer. Mm-hmm. Last summer was kind of just people trading up, trading down. This is a lot of new people coming in from New York and a lot of um, kids moving back to be home with their families. I, I say kids, but, you know, grown children. Mm-hmm. Once, one, how have children of their own want to be with the grandparents and uncles and aunts and everything. Um, so it's pretty interesting time in the real estate market. Nisha, I remember the first closing that I had with when I was with your mom's firm. So that was 10 years ago this year. Wow. This month, yeah, this uh, July 7th of 2007. I, it's only May, though, Lori. No, I know. This, <laughs> but I'm saying this year. No, 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 no. I said this year, not this month. Like, this year. I'd be really annoyed if I had to wear this no. scarf and it's July. <laughs> no, no. And I remember the first, I had a multi-unit property on Luzerne Street in Scranton. Uh-huh. There were three units. And they got an appraisal first. So we based it on the appraisal, the, the sale. And I had eight agents in. And in two days, and I had seven offers from eight agents, from eight people who saw it, all over the asking price. Wow. It was the most bizarre. Yeah. People went out in their car, wrote them, and came back in the house to deliver. So I thought the real estate is the greatest career ever. Look well, what happened. then I did think that. Well, no, because it was not a high-priced house either. But nonetheless, it's still, it was like, oh, my God. And so then, you know, you watch, uh, which I'm a freak of uh, Comcast 53 on the HGTV, and you watch those Property Brothers. Yep. Thing. Last night I was on, and I was screaming at the, at the TV as that's not how this is I know it's TV so it's stage and it's, but it drives me crazy because it makes people think that's how it is that's how it is and it yeah. isn't and these people these are all they already own their house mm-hmm. they already picked to the house before they even obviously do this so it's all after the fact so well, it's just annoying there's a really funny meme on Facebook um like last week I think and it was uh like some one of our agents posted it and it was um uh, HGTV house hunters. Um, I m- harvest honey for a living. I'm a beekeeper. My husband microbrews beer and our budget is 1.5 million. We have cash. We don't need financing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just, it's just, you, you yeah. think, and they're like, tell, it, it's just, it, I, I know it's all, it has to, some of it has to because of the way it is, but it drives me. It's so not true. HGTV is like the fastest growing network, mm-hmm. non regular network or cable network or something there's some stat for it i watch it all the time i really do but i just it's it it's infuriating mostly because i want to know what what comes out of it that just doesn't so true um okay so at our real estate conferences they always they tell us you know like everyone's obsessed with hgtv and they try to make the corporate block because era is a multinational company actually so there's era franchises all throughout the world and its parent company realogy owns um, a lot of other real estate companies, the franchises right, for those. Right. So they always, you know, they really have their pulse on the real estate market and they advertise the different brands on HGTV mm-hmm. and everything. Um, but they, 
joke and they say like this is what really happens and I mean they sponsor some of the shows and stuff but I guess um, that one with Chip and Joanna um, what's that one called in Texas Fix and Wake Up Fix Her Up drives me yeah. crazy so they don't you don't get the furniture no kidding you, they and, take the furniture no, back absolutely and the other thing that's funny is there was one on recently and what they did a I don't know if it was an old one or a new one where they did for a veteran and his wife and so the inside was absolutely beautiful and they were an older couple and then at the end when they show people in the house sometimes they do that so I'm assuming they're people who keep some of the furniture Mm -hmm. these people all you saw afterwards was they were out in the yard grilling because I thought oh all the furniture's gone huh (laughs) because you know really you have to buy it from her she has a big warehouse and you have to buy the I know it so it's all staged just to present and then so really it's just the work that they do it isn't so uh, and some of those specialty things they yeah, do, like the gift, their, but, whatever. But but the rest of the stuff is all her stuff that you put in. And I don't understand that though, because you remember in the very beginning they always talk about they have a budget. All right, they have a budget. Of, yeah, but that's they, just for construction. That's what I'm saying. So then when they they go back into that house after it's all done. That doesn't include the cost of all those no. if they wanted to buy the furniture. Yeah. No. So the chances of those people actually buying what's in there are like slim and well, none. Well, some people, because some people they'll say, you know, because it always, it, I know there's budgets and I know people have to follow them. But when people get crazy, when they say, oh, it's going to cost another $800. Now, if you're spending that kind of money no. and you don't, you have some kind of knowing that that could happen. The other thing is they never do inspections. So no one ever knows what they're yeah. buying. And then they get in there and say, oh, oh. we ran into a big problem. <laughs> yeah. Now there's this is your problem. Sorry, like, come on! It yeah. just it, it so that's where the like stuff. That. And what happens is people who don't know how to buy don't understand that. Don't they think the same thing that it becomes the reality wherever they are? And that's the only thing that infuriates me. I love the decorations. I love to see the different houses. Yeah, but I love to see what they do. But the, the th- what you're teaching these people is not what those shows are doing at all. Because it's yeah, complete opposite well, of what happens in just, reality. It's fantasy, and that, I know it is. It's TV. You know, that's what I'm saying. It, but it's, it's still great, though. It's the love- practical person in me watching gets oh, nuts yeah. about it. And you watch them when they roll that big silly thing in front. It, it's the house what it used, used to look, to look like. like. Yeah, and, and they are. Hear, they're beautifully oh, done, but oh, they so are beautifully done. It's like Cinderella. Do you think we should? <laughs> Write a pitch to HGTV to do our own very own sure fixer up in Scranton. Yeah, Scranton could use it, right? Yeah, I mean Waco and Scranton are pretty yeah. economically similar towns. Yeah, let's do it. College and a lot of older houses that need help. Um, let's oh, do yes. it. Wouldn't that be fun? Uh-huh. I I wish there was a company in Scranton that did that or in our area that would say, okay, let's go do this. And uh-huh. um, here's what, here's the, I, what I love is when she comes back with the computer screen yeah. and shows them what she would do. I would love to see somebody do that. With all well, the they beautiful. Can. People have to be able to do that. It's just a. But they don't package it. They don't no, market no, it like that. Yeah, it and I be. think anybody who's got some smarts might say, hey, here's an opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the so the castle is back up for sale I and saw they remodeled that. it. There's an open house on Sunday actually. What? what Any, who? Here's what I don't understand. How much did that sell for a while ago? I don't know. Like don't ask something? me numbers today. Okay. So I think it was. I don't know because I no I'm in the threes. It sold in the, the mid threes. All right. I think. Now it's back on for three something. No, I think it's on for four something. Four something. Then. What did they do? 
They redid everything. It's what do you beautiful. mean everything? The um, like whatever the- needed to be redone, they updated everything. Okay. The electric and every, the, I think electric plumbing. All right, um, that place is gorgeous. They, and it, I guess everyone who who looked at it said, "Oh, it'd be great to turn into condos," but it would really be a shame if that got no. turned, that building got turned into condos. Yeah. It's so beautiful. So the people who bought it didn't. They kept it a house, and I think it's. Um, in the high fours, I forget. I just Who did has the ads. that listing. Um, George Semyon. Does he? Okay. Our one and only. Well, I knew it was George one Semyon. of us. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure who. Yeah. Well, okay. And but. he's doing an um, an open house. I think this an open Sunday. House this Sunday. But it's in the. It's one of the featured listings in our Sunday ads. Okay. So everyone can check out the Scranton Times yeah, on that, Sunday. That is. That place is magnificent. There's yeah. so many like that in the hill section. Well, yeah, but I, this one is really special. I know, it really, but it would be cool if someone focused on just remodeling those yeah, old they, houses it would be. back It'd to be their great. former glory. Oh, yeah, they're gorgeous. I mean, it would be they're beautiful. gorgeous. Absolutely. There's so much that this town has to offer. Well, with the, the, what, and that that's the, the thing, Nisha, is what, if you just take, just take the hill section, because that's where that is. Yeah. Some of the houses in the hill, well, a lot of them are absolutely gorgeous. Uh-huh. They're the, the the woodwork or the stained and glass. And I love just, um, the double entries. Yep, like the way that there's the glass door and then yes. you know, your other yes. wood enter the foyer, like uh-huh. a true foyer. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite part about living in Washington D.C. too, or is the double entries yeah. like that. Very I nice. love and, and all of the houses in like Philadelphia, those old yeah, the row houses. And there's there's a little vestibule, and then you walk through the go into the other room. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether and it's ra- small, I love radiators too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, they're so, they're so some of those are so pretty. If you look at the work of yeah. them, they're beautiful. The, and everybody covered them. Yes, you know because yeah. they were. But some of them are beautiful. My least favorite thing that people do when they buy houses to flip and there's radiators in them is they paint them with silver paint. And I oh, literally, oh, that's I want because that's what cringe. they used to be. Yeah, because yeah. they they were originally metal. Uh-huh. But but yeah. I have to tell you that I, you I don't think see, Chip and Joanna would like that silver. No, much. but you should see some of the I have in my house because I have forced hot air, so I have all a lot of different ones in my house. The old grates. Oh yeah, yeah, they yeah. Are They're absolutely gorgeous. beautiful, and I have them painted with a muted gold. That Ralph, it's a Ralph Lauren gold, and they are absolutely gorgeous. So, so I'm going to write our project pitch and send it to HDTV. Okay, I'm sure, that's I'm it. Sure do it. Someone we'll I know it. must work in Hollywood, and that's it. We can do this now, Lori. So Nisha, tell everyone if they want to call you or someone there, someone or talk someone about from, their house. Well, how do they get in touch? Someone with Someone from TV is listening. And someone wants from to TV. Me, Lauren, anybody? TV host. Yeah. We have faces for television, not yes. just her. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I'm joking. Um, so you can check out our website www. ERA, the number one dot com. It's very user friendly. Um, you can sign up for searches. You can call our corporate office in Clark Summit, 570-587-9999. You can ask for Nisha and um, I can direct you to an agent who can help you sell or purchase the home of your dreams. There you go. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, everyone. Lynn, have a good weekend. Nisha, you too. Thanks for always supporting us and thank you out there for listening. We will talk to you next week. Please have a wonderful, wonderful, what is it, weekend and week coming forward. Mm -hmm. So everybody, thanks. Be safe and please be nice. Bye. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch? 
switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours. Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.